Welcome to Jesus Has Left the Building podcast, where we talk with people leading creative, outside-the-box spiritual endeavors that inspire and engage us. Our vision is to unfold God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And bring into being Ha'alam Haba, the just world to come. You are listening to the Jesus Has Left the Building podcast, where faith leaders, activists, or people who simply want to change the world have left the building too, with Marta, Mandy, and Lily. Our guest for episode six is M. Barclay, the director and co-founder of Enfleshed. Enfleshed is one of our favorite resources for liturgy, prayers, and other words because of the focus on collective liberation. In this episode, Words Shape Worlds, we spend a lot of time discussing deconstruction and the ways we can reconstruct through fostering interconnection. Okay, good morning, everybody. I am, I am so excited. This is Marta. Um, I'm so excited that Reverend M is joining us this morning. I have so many things to say about them. Um, because I'm just super excited about Enfleshed and you can ask Mandy sometimes like I overdo it by the way with your free resources but we can get into that in a little bit um, but I am I am glad you are here and sharing of yourself and your um, your awesome ministry that mm-hmm. is outside the church building. Mm-hmm. Thank you I'm so so excited to be in conversation with y'all today thanks for having me. Amazing. So this is Lily, um, and I would love to just start with, um, tell us a little bit about yourself um, and the work you're doing in the world and how you see kind of interconnection as part of that work. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I am currently the director uh, and also the co-founder with my partner, Anna Bladel, uh, of an organization called Enfleshed, uh, where our intention is to create and facilitate spiritual resources for collective liberation. Um, and I guess I, I haven't framed it this way a lot explicitly, but I feel interconnection um, is just so deeply built into our intentions for what we're doing at Enfleshed, um, primarily in the sense of uh, recognizing freedom, liberation, uh, healing as uh, inherently collective realities, that that cannot happen um, at the individual level alone, um, and that we, we need each other in order to move in that direction. Um, And uh, yeah, our spiritual resources are an attempt to uh, help feed one another's spirits as we uh, strive towards moving together um, towards freedom and healing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I'm wondering what about your life or um, your calling has brought you into the work of spiritual leadership in that space? Um, I know something I love about Enfleshed is that y'all use a lot of resources that are from religious text and beyond it mm-hmm. and are kind of in that dance. And I'm curious yeah. about kind of what let you, led you to do that kind of intersectional mm-hmm. work. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a few things. One, um, I think part of it uh, is the, my background. I grew up super fundamentalist, um, like so many uh, 
uh, and did a lot of unlearning in college and in grad school. And of course, I'm continuing to unlearn. Uh, but I feel acutely aware of the way that um, theology, religion, spirituality shaped uh, my being and becoming in ways that um, did a lot of damage to me and enabled me to do damage to others. Um, and then also was the route to my finding my way into better <laughs> ways of being for myself and for others, right? And so I'm really honed in on the impact of theology and religion and spirituality on the individual mm -hmm. and the collective. Um, and after incorporating that into uh, organizing and advocacy for uh, about 10 years, I started uh, feeling how few places there are to turn for again, that spiritual nourishment that we need to keep going, to keep organizing sustainable, how hard it is to find those resources that actually center those who are most impacted by systems of domination. So much is, uh, for, for a lot of important reasons, oriented towards those who are already at the center because they're inviting people to change, right? Um, and so we wanted to build something uh, at Enflesh that was more of an answer to like, what about the rest of us? <laughs> you know, where, who mm -hmm. is centering um, marginalized identities and realities as a, like, we want to feed one another <laughs> with these, um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. Actually, um, I'm thinking about all kinds of things right now about your journey. Mm -hmm. um, so you went to seminary because mm -hmm. um, you wanted to do some kind of ministerial pastoral work. Yeah. Um, and at that point, you had already started dismantling those, those early, um, that early tradition, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was on the early stages for sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I guess what's so important, what, what is not so important, but what I like really am interested in is you know, because this podcast is, you know, the sacred has left the building, Jesus has mm. left the building. Um, I, I guess I just want to hear a little bit about how um, you went to the institution. And, you know, as we know, academia is, um, is, is very uh, structured yeah. in um, institutional, patriarchal, um, hierarchical, um, in all of the ways. And so you went to the institution and then you sort of came out and obviously you got ordained and, um, but did you ever work in the church? Like what mm. were your thoughts about that? Where, mm. how, what led you to this space of mm. um, doing this, this work outside of the church building? <sighs> Good question. Uh, it's appropriately big. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when I was young, uh, and saturated and again, a more fundamentalist approach to my faith, um, and began my, my journey into ministry, which started about 17. Um, I had so much hope for the church uh, as a place. Like I, in my narrow understanding at the time, I thought it was like the place where I could like, I could dedicate my whole life to like serving in community, 
And I couldn't fathom any other way to do that. It was oh like, gosh, that's I'm what the actually, church is. I'm welling up right now mm. um, because, you know, I think we are all in that space of like thinking this is the way we can unfold God's kingdom. We can yes. like really cultivate the beloved community. And yeah, yeah I hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, yeah, it, it just, it was like, this is, there's a place for me here and there's a place for me to live out my hopes and desires in community and like dreams as a young person. Um, if only, right? <laughs> um, uh, so when I was a, a teenager, I was totally severed from the possibilities of being queer and or trans. Um, and so my first sort of brush with reality uh, came very early on uh, when I first introduced my like sense of call to my youth pastor at the time who um, immediately returned First Timothy, um, literally took out the Bible and showed me First Timothy to assure me that there was no place in ministry for me unless I wanted to only teach women or children. Um, and so that was the first like dissonance, right? Of like big dreams, barrier. Um, had to wrestle with that, start un undoing my approach to scripture, took me a few years to work through all of that, um, returned to the Methodist church um, because women were allowed to be in ministry in the Methodist church. And I had very little access to seeing that at the time growing up mm -hmm. in the South. Um, but there were two people that, bless them, helped me work, uh, work through my misunderstanding as to how they could be in ministry <laughs> as women. Um, and so I, I sort of re, I found my new place, right, in the church and felt renewed, like, hope in the Methodist church and returning to my home denomination after being in non-denominational world. Um, but then I went to seminary and that's in, like, seminary for me was the place of uh, so, so, so much uh, what now I feel like people are using the word deconstructing so much, but it was a lot of unlearning, a lot of reckoning, a lot of confronting, a lot of going, wow, I had no idea how many forces were like working on my mind and body uh, growing up through this religious mm. Christian narrative. Um, I just felt like just things falling off, you know, I just felt like a, a a freedom uh, every time I was introduced to new theological concepts that were queer or womanist or feminist, um, Black liberation theology, all of it was just so freeing. Mm -hmm. um, but it also left me deeply troubled about the church. Mm -hmm. How can I be a part of this now that I've had to look at this history with, mm -hmm. with a new eyes, now that I've had to confront not only what this has done in my personal life, but in the lives of so many people I care about, so many communities I care about, mm -hmm. the planet, et cetera. Um, and so by the time I left seminary, uh, I was really into theology and really not into the church. And I was I just this close from leaving it all behind. I mean, just yes. that close. Yes. Um, but I couldn't get a job anywhere except for the church, ironically. Right. <laughs> uh, even though I was, uh, by this time, I had come out as queer. Um, and at this 
point I was in Texas. Uh, I, yeah, it was, I did not want to be in the church, but a wonderful congregation in Austin uh, hired me and loved me and nurtured my sense of call. I mean, I'm just like up and down through these years, right? Like mm. uh, all the different experiences, uh, but I felt a renewed sense of, of call and continued my ordination journey, um, but was also, I also was unwilling to compromise my sense of queerness being essential to my practice of faith. Right. Mm-hmm. And was this the United Methodist Church at that point? Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, in um, 1999, I went to seminary for the first time mm. and um, left after that year because mm. I had grown up United Methodist too. And I'm like, mm, I cannot yeah. compromise either. Like, this yeah. is just not going to happen. Yeah. And um, I had a full ride and I let it mm. all go. Um, for many, many, many years. Mm. Um, also, I had an undergraduate in Christian ed, which meant like I, like you need to work with children. Yeah. This is what this is what you do. I don't know. I'm just I yeah. I sort yeah. of get that. Like it is, it's so interesting, um, how uh, um, fixed yeah. the church becomes on these issues and. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad though that you found that space. That's amazing, um, in Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reconciling, reconciling. I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, they were extremely good to me, um, and just a vibrant, wonderful congregation in general, doing good things in the community. Um, long story short, uh, I continued my ordination journey, but out and queer, which did not go well in the Methodist church in 2012, you know? Um, and so uh, my ordination journey was halted pretty significantly and with uh, quite a bit of, um, uh, it was it was a public and challenging time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, and so that, uh, sort of transitioned me out of the congregation uh, as a staff, not because of the church, not because of the local congregation, but mm-hmm. my own need and my my partner's need. The direction the of the national. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I eventually worked for Reconciling Ministries Network um, okay. after that, yeah, uh, and was the director of communications there for a number of years. Um, and during that time, I continued my ordination process in the Northern Illinois Conference. Um, also challenging, <laughs> challenging time, but um, indeed, ultimately, I am ordained. Um, and have you know, been a part. Andy and I decided that there is this unconscious, um, I mean, maybe conscious for some people, hazing. Um, hmm in the process, that's what I'm calling it. Mm. And I think they especially haze people that um, are not the traditional um, male. Mm. And mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. so I like, it is just an outrage and, mm-hmm. and it is, I don't even, I don't even know if some of the people realize that that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but it shouldn't take us. Yeah. It shouldn't, it should, we shouldn't be dragged 
through the mud in that way. And I just sort of hear that with you as that hazing process over and over and over again. Um, And you're like, uh, I'm, I'm doing this people. So like, that's what I hear in this is your fight and your, and, and your badassness. (laughs) That's a word of like, I'm not going to mess with you people around this. And, um, and somehow you were able to even like reconcile the doctrine with your ordinary, like that is what I could not do. Mm. And so, I mean, I was super young, but at that time, but you were able to somehow manage all of that. And that's amazing. Well, not without, you know, (laughs) not without trouble, not without friction and complications and pain, right? Um, And not without community. Oh my gosh, none of, I like, the number of like queer badasses that are the only reason I was able to sustain like Mm. my life in the Methodist church for a number of years, like I could have never done it without them. Um, And the only way I could reconcile with doctrine and theology was because I felt the freedom uh, and responsibility to say no to some of it. Like, Mm. absolutely, Mm -hmm. I cannot Mm -hmm. say that I will follow the vows of the Book of Discipline because Mm -hmm. they say no to my people and Mm -hmm. I will not do that. Look Um, at you. Oh my gosh. Mm. What is the point of being clergy if we don't say no to like especially the church, the church's injustices? Mm-hmm. Like I'm just not, not interested in that. Um, and so I kept waiting to get a final no back from the church, and somehow it just kept kept unfolding. And I'm ordained, and I'm like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> How did this happen? You know. Um, it's been a very strange journey oh oh I don't know what I am (laughs) but I'm here (laughs) so and talk a little bit um about you know be 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 like really specific about Mm. how you got into enfleshed and what that like what that shape has taken like I don't know if all of our listeners really know um about that work in the world. And I mean, it's super important to us. Mm. Um, You know, our congregation is probably aware to some degree, but, um, but share a little bit about that. Just a little side note, don't get mad at me. Um, But I love it so much Mm. that like one time, maybe more than once, Mandy's like, why do you keep on using the same (laughs) like opening uh, opening opening prayer like three weeks ago, dude? But she loves and it I, so much. She thinks I it's love true. it so much. Um, I mean, and and our church loves it. Mm, like they, they love all of it, the words. And I wish that we had all the money in the world to mm. get a subscription. Um, because right now I just have to keep on sifting through all the free resources. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a financial oh. decision. <laughs> I also want, I also want like a book. You need to make a book. Well, we did just recently publish oh. a book called Held Blessings for the Depths. But yes, we um, we do hope to continue uh, creating more resources, some in book form. Yeah, that excites us. Um, and I love I love hearing that. Thank you. I love knowing that it's resonating with you and your congregation. Um, yeah, you know, I think. I feel so strongly that worlds, words, sorry, I feel so strongly that words shape worlds um, and that especially the words we use about God um, 
just make things possible or not possible in our minds and then our bodies and our communities. Um, and so I know early, like when we first started and fleshed one of the the, the resources that has sort of stayed ongoing is our worship-centered resources um, where we just, we, we, we wanted to be a part of contributing to words for worship that shape worlds with intention around justice and not just from one angle, but from every angle um, and with creativity, um, with intention, uh, unconcerned with like fulfilling doctrinal or dogmatic, you know, expectations, just like uh, Annie Dillard wrote, um, wrote of theologians saying the same hard words. And I remember hearing that for the first time in seminary and thinking, I don't quite understand what that means, but I think it matters to me a lot. <laughs> I think there's something really true there that I can't quite articulate even for myself yet. And I think in flesh, part of what we're trying to do is stop just saying the same hard words, um, but still keep saying things, you know? Uh, and so yeah. some of the- you know, you know, when we, the moment that we start words from enfleshed, you know, the whole place goes silent. Mm -hmm. And it is like this container where we just hear mm -hmm. these words that even just for like that minute and a half, it is that collective liberation mm -hmm. that you're talking about. And, and so, you know, we're not necessarily, it's like we get lost in the words. It's like we leave the building yeah. and get lost in those yeah. words. Yeah. And so it's not like, mm. you know, a protest or a rally or, you know, um, some of those other, you know, explicitly justicey moments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is that moment of collective liberation as we go through those words. And so you have really been able to create. Mm. Um, create that with and fleshed and I am eternally grateful mm, thank you for that I think I think one of the really beautiful things about um you know the many of those resources that we use for liturgy is that um they are they are the same words um but but spoken differently for our time and mm. actually remembering very recently, someone on Facebook um, posted that um, Timothy reference um, for we we had we had boosted a post on Facebook mm -hmm. about the podcast oh and God. about um, and Mandy about, said we're never allowed to do that ever again. It's like we we boost it and it goes to all the wrong people. Yeah, um, and yeah. Um, and someone you know used that um, reference in in trying to tell us basically not not to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and I think like one of the things I love about what because we're you're doing, right, with right. that with that resource is those resources is you're not you're not um, dismissing the words entirely. Mm -hmm. You are looking at them through the context of of the life we're in right now, and that yes. um, you know is what we got yelled at really for <laughs> on Facebook. Um, sure. But you yeah. know, like I just I think that that has been really really helpful and important mm -hmm. for our congregation who are deeply rooted in um, the tradition and the spiritual practices of of this particular um, 
faith. Mm -hmm. And so we're not telling them to just throw it away, but to look at it from a slightly different angle. Yes. Yes. Um, so we, we love stories. So we want you to tell us a story um, about how you foster interconnection through your work, through your work within Flesh, through your work um, in, in other ministries and areas of your life, how you're really working to kind of mend some fractures in the world. I mean, one of the things, I guess I'll just start with like, so much of what we do at Unfleshed flows from our own personal unlearnings and growings, right? And one of the things um, that has been so shaping my own political and spiritual life and then theological life and then the work we do um, is, is just the recentering of land and earth and creatures and water into, um, into politics and theologies um, as a like regrounding in uh, how close, how innate, how natural, natural is a complicated word, but how built in uh, interconnection and interdependence are in our lives. Like it is the most just, already present truth about like who we are in relationship to uh to all life to god to plant animal water um and so one of the things that i i i hope we weave in well into our work at Enfleshed is trying to resituate uh humans and um our place in the whole of things uh back in that uh, concept, that story of land, that story of us as all planetary life beyond the planet even, you know, but situating ourselves back in, in the whole of things and not just in the whole of human things um, feels absolutely essential for the, the crisis we have ahead of us um, and for like again, being in touch with how the answers are literally built into us. Like that is uh, the, the facts of interconnection, of interdependence, like our bodies alone are models of it, you know, much less in relationship to all things. Um, and so trying to, to weave, weave that in to everything else um, feels central to, to what we're doing. That's not like it's not a story really I'm sorry <laughs> no I actually no, it's I love, great yeah I mean I think that embodied practice um and sort of going to that body your body in a way that is you know connected to the land and the land to the other um is is more radical than anybody can um, imagine I think in our western U.S. culture and and I, and I think it goes back to your even intentionality with the word, it's being intentional about who you are in a particular space and time and connected to, um, to the wet grass even, or yeah. just, just noticing that or connected um, for me um, with my child who's sitting next to me or, and to really think about that. Yeah. Um, 
and even to my stinking dog oh my gosh I love my dog so much right but I know it's ridiculous Mandy's I know it is actually ridiculous but um um but you know just being that practice of intentionality um noticing the stars or as Lily says the holy sparks that are Mm -hmm. happening in your midst um yeah I appreciate I appreciate that um, I'm wondering, um, like, because within Flesh you have um, you have multiple contributors and writers and all of that kind of thing. Like, I'm wondering if you all, as a team, like, I don't know, you're not all in the same place, right? You're all dispersed yeah. throughout um, mm-hmm. the United States, or is it international? Uh, all our contributors are currently in the United States. Yeah. Um, like, do you have any kind of rituals or practices that you do together that like help to spark that creativity and that, or do you like go into a hole and, you know, do that totally (laughs) on your own? Like what's that process? like? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's one we've really struggled with, especially with the pandemic. I mean, just like, we really feel the zoom fatigue. Um, and so like it, 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 it has always felt complicated to brush up against like centering embodiment and practice and community as a dispersed digital group like they just feel so at odds and 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 we feel that struggle sometimes and um the board i think has been uh over the years pretty uh, consistent about when we gather we are trying to like ground ourselves in um in ritual in spiritual connection and uh remembering that we're not there to just produce something we're there to practice something together and practice things differently and trust that that um produces fruit that others too will you know find nourishing um it's with our other contributors you know we we still are a, a small organization with limited funds and so we don't have staff we have um contributors uh, and so it's it's harder to create ongoing spaces of, with consistency, but um, to do some of that. Um, so I wish, and also it's it's hard to to make that work in these days and constraints of time and Zoom. Everybody out there listening right now needs to go and do a quick little Google search of enfleshed because it is going to be your special treat of the day um to to um to read some of some of the work it is um it is yeah i i love it i super love it um okay here here we go um because we're we're on to our rapid responses and Mm. and yep it has to be rapid boom 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 let's do this um you can you can do it um here it is rapid response what feels possible now that wasn't possible before mm. honesty honesty i love it what felt essential pre-pandemic that is no longer essential mm. Mm. Uh, overworking overworking yep what is cracking open at this moment? Mm, possibility. Hope, overworking, and possibility. Honesty, overworking, and possibility. 
Yeah. Honesty, overworking. Possibility. Possibility. That was a demonstration in honesty because you got it wrong and M could have been like, sure, I'll go with hope. <laughs> it's true. I almost did. <laughs> awesome. I think this is this has been great. It's been great to hear your ministry and work outside of the building and for you to share of your creative, um, radical, um, interconnecting, um, collective liberation work in the world. I'm grateful. And I think like, there's something really beautiful. This is like coming to me at the moment, so it's not going to be eloquent, but I think in this interconnection, as I think about, you know, the possibilities of congregations all over, um, reading your words, your contributors' words, um, you know, in that beautiful way that happens when we all gather on Sunday morning and our, or Saturday night or whenever, you know, whenever we gather um, in our disparate places like that, there's an interconnection there mm -hmm. that is even beyond our knowing and our, our, our awareness, you know? Yes. Yes. I love daydreaming about that sometimes. It blows <laughs> my mind. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think something that's standing out to me about this conversation and like the work of words and the work mm. of like bringing theology and teachings into the present, right? Mm. And like really mm -hmm. focusing mm -hmm. on like, what does it look like to pray and learn and build meaning in a way that like is towards liberation, like actually towards liberation is like, there's this piece of like remembering that I'm hearing in what yes. you're what you're sharing is like, it's saying true things out loud. And I know that truth is like a really, we could have a whole nother podcast about that, yeah. but there is this like being able to say like, what's actually happening right now yeah. for my body, for our community, for the world. And that that feels like such a relief mm -hmm. to be able to hear out loud. And like, I think brings about a lot of curiosity about like what's coming up for me. What might I know deep in my body, but don't have as much access to. And I think when I think about interconnection, especially with the natural world, which we are part of all those things is that it's like, that just feels true, right? When you're like outside and the sun, thank goodness is back. And like, you just can feel like you, there's like an energy there. And I think it is like, what are the, what are the spaces and just like slowing down enough to feel it? Cause it's there when we slow mm -hmm. down enough to feel it. And so I get really excited about like, that emb like embodiment practices, but also like, what are we remembering and what do we need to remember? And what are like words and practices we can do for ourselves and with other people through the meaning that we've made our whole lives, but also like that might be new or that we're like remembering together. Beautifully said, indeed. Yes, <laughs> yes to all of that. I think we probably need to um, end on Lily's, and I'm going to say it only once this time, beautiful words. So in our last episode, I said beautiful a million times because, you know, and I just want to speak to that a little bit because I think, mm. look at how happy we all are. <laughs> I mean, when you, when there's, when we're talking about interconnection, mm. it's beautiful. Yeah. And like, I just want to say that word all the time, mm. but um, that's what, that's what this is. So I am, I'm grateful that you were here today. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. Um, this is so, so wonderful. 
Yeah. And beautiful. (laughs) This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Find us on Facebook at JHLTB and message us to learn how you can be part of this effort to tell stories, have conversations, build relationships, and follow Jesus out of the church and into the world. To support our work, search for Black Forest Community Church on Venmo to make a one-time donation, or become a patron on our Patreon account at patreon.com JHLTB to commit monthly to this project. You'll get regular communications and updates about our stories. We give thanks to Black Forest Community Church and the Tributary Fund of the Rocky Mountain Conference of the United Church of Christ for their ongoing support. We could not do this without all who support Jesus Has Left the Building. Thank you.